0: basically the message of The Secret is the message that I've been trying to uh, uh, share with the world on my show for the past 21 years. The message is that you're really responsible for your life. You are responsible for your life. I've known this, I've known this since the Color Purple. In 1985, I've probably told you the story when I did The Color Purple, but in 1985, I did The Color Purple. Prior to that, I had read the book, Larry. Now, this, is a, this is when I got the secret thing, but I didn't know it was called the secret. I read the book, The Color Purple, and then went out and got books for everybody else I knew. And I was obsessed about this story, obsessed about it. I ate, slept, thought all the time about The Color Purple. I moved to Chicago. I get a call from a casting agent asking would I like to come and audition for a movie. I've never gotten a call in my life from anybody for a movie or anything like that. And I say, is it The Color Purple? And he says, no, it's a movie called Moonsong. And I go, well, I've been praying for The Color Purple. And I go to the audition, and of course it was The Color Purple. I audition. I don't hear anything for months. And I go to this this fat farm, and I think it's because I'm fat, because I was about 200 and... 12 pounds at the time and I think I didn't get the call back because I'm so fat and I'm at this fat farm and I'm praying and crying saying to God help me let this go because I wanted to be in this movie so much I wanted it I wanted it, I wanted it I thought I was going to be in the movie there's all these signs that I should be in the movie and I go to this fat farm and I'm praying and crying and as I'm on the track singing the song I surrender all." I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I'm singing that song, Praying and Crying, a woman comes out to me and she says, on the track, it's raining, and she says, there's a phone call for you, and the phone call was Steven Spielberg saying, I want to see you in my office in California tomorrow. Now, what I learned from that, that moment absolutely changed my life forever, because i had drawn the color purple into my life i didn't know steven Spielberg. i didn't know quincy jones who saw me in chicago in 1984 he was he was there for a lawsuit that was being filed against michael jackson because he'd been working on his his thriller album and he saw me on am chicago and said that's sophia now i didn't know him i didn't know anybody that had anything to do with that but I knew that I had drawn that into my life and it changed the way I thought about my life forever.
1: It is just a bunch of fucking
0: coincidences.
1: (laughs) Uh, You hear the way she ramblingly tells this story and just sort of winds around in and out. She was at a fat farm, and then Steven Spielberg called her. She was a famous person. (laughs) Abracadabra. And she'd expressed interest. And then, oh, but, but, you know, back in the 80s, Quincy Jones, and, like, that has, oh, my, it, it is just... Did she ever stop to think that maybe she was just right for the part, and she was a public person, and people knew
2: who she was? No, that's not. That's not. That's not part of this story. That doesn't make a good magical no, narrative. That's not magical. That's that's not magic. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wet Wired. I'm
1: Julian Paul Butt, and I'm Sean Andis. The law of attraction permeates the world of self-help and spirituality. In this magical world, everything you think you know about the causal nature of reality is just fucking wrong. All that you experience, all that you have and are is a consequence, not of anything you've done in your life, it's the vibrations that you attract. (laughs) You don't have to explain the mechanism or prove the results, because it's all self-evident. If you don't get what you want, you just weren't wishing hard enough. And if you want something,
2: all you need to do is believe. Even if you've never heard the words The Law of Attraction, you've heard its message from pop singers and film stars. Even Peter Pan knows this one weird trick to flying. You think of a wonderful thought! However, you've probably heard of The Law of Attraction from the 2006 film The Secret. The messenger behind the message, Esther Hicks, got the idea from 100 ghosts, whom she channels in seminars for her captivated audiences, in books and even on cruises. Without The Secret, we wouldn't know Esther and her spooky friends, and without Esther Hicks, there would be no film. And we would all be poorer
1: for it. (laughs) The Law of Attraction made a splash in pop culture with The Secret, which largely drew from the works of Jerry and Esther Hicks, a couple who had been teaching The Law of Attraction for about 20 years at the point that the film was released. According to The Law of Attraction, "...your thoughts and feelings vibrate on a special frequency." And that frequency attracts the vibrations of a similar frequency. So if you want money, fame, health, or success, all you have to do is have the right vibes. The idea is to draw these things, attract these things into your life. And so as we're going to learn, the people who are teaching the law of attraction, they're not teaching you so much how to do new things, but they're teaching you about all the ways that you're actively repulsing these things in your life. If it sounds like the prosperity gospel, you are not wrong. The film's writer and producer Rhonda Byrne cut Esther from the film in the re-release within a year, but that didn't stop the Hicks' books and speaking engagements from skyrocketing in sales from the movie's popularity.
3: And Jerry and Esther, while Esther suffered a great deal from it initially, have got themselves into alignment about it, and the whole of the matter is that they are benefiting enormously Mm -hmm. from this exposure to the secret. There are all Mm -hmm. kinds of people out there that are being activated to the idea that you can create your own reality and that the law of attraction abounds. Mm -hmm. We acknowledge that this woman held to her vision very tightly and created what she wanted to create. And we will say to you, especially in the context of what's going on here, what she did was not nice. (laughs) <laughs> it was not nice that she did to Jerry and Esther what she did. But nice is beside the point, don't you think? Mm-hmm. In other words, she came into alignment with what she wants. She gave her undivided attention to it. The universe is yielding to her. She's getting what she is wanting. And, for, and Jerry and Esther came round to understanding that for someone else to receive what they are wanting does not in any way detract from them. Mm-hmm. In other words, no one can detract from the work that Jerry and Esther are about you see and so this is a secret that keeps on giving Mm -hmm. the best part the best (laughs) and and the most interesting thing about all of this and this is the thing that is stunning from our broader non-physical perspective the secret movie tells a story about knowledge being suppressed. That's sort of the basis of the secret, that there are laws and things that Mm -hmm. you have not been allowed to know. And we think that by taking Abraham and Jerry and Esther's part out of the secret, they are doing the very thing again (laughs) that they used as the basis for their movie.
2: There's that persecuted knowledge again. Yeah, I, I... There's so many things about that
1: clip to talk about. <laughs> First off, you see her. You Well, you can't see her because you're not watching this like we are. But you hear her, that being Esther Hicks speaking. In the third person. Kind of, because she's there on stage, but it's Abraham speaking through her, which is why she's referring to herself and her husband and the third person. There are quite a few points in that clip where she kind of slips up and gets a little too sort of chummy, especially when the audience starts laughing. It's almost like she couldn't help herself from laughing along with the audience. Now, we haven't introduced Abraham or what she says is going on. Abraham supposed to be this ascend, well, this don't, collection don't, of ascended. Don't give it beings. away ahead. Well, hold on, because <laughs> we, we just delivered this clip and we with, with no explanation. We have to give the people something. Her getting goofy like this up on stage is not exactly in line with the with the idea of sort of ethereal beings communicating from beyond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about this clip. And this isn't even the content. This is all just the context of the clip that I'm still talking about. Is this is like the nightmare scenario for audience participation when you go to a show, like when they, when they, like it's like it's like having the comedian focus on you and ask and start talking about your date or something like that at a comedy club. <laughs> because she takes this, she takes somebody from the crowd that has a question. Uh, I mean, who knows how real any of that is, but. They're they're placed up on stage about 15, 10 or 15 feet away from Esther Hicks alone by themselves in a chair. And it looks like they are receiving. It's like it's like some kind of on stage struggle session or something (laughs) like in the Cultural Revolution. The, The person just sitting there incredibly uncomfortably in this chair with all the attention. Of Esther Hicks, just like focusing on on him or her, They're the person's the the audience member's back is to the rest, back is toward the rest of the audience, so it's just this intense focus of Esther Hicks on this one person. I think so much of what you hear right there is just nervous laughing
2: because it's got to be insanely uncomfortable. And then Esther Hicks goes into this diatribe of, of her personal affairs,
1: right? And and that's that's the other part where it's just like, yeah, yeah, she's channeling the spe- the beings and everything, but the beings seem to really be taking up the the Jerry Ex- Esther Hicks cause. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely they're they're picking up that mantle. They're gonna they're gonna stick up for their buddies.
2: Well. Esther Hicks talks about the Law of Attraction, but so did every other speaker on Rhonda's movie, and so did authors dating back to the 19th century. She's not really that original with these ideas. She's not the first one on the block, but she was a critical influence in this movie. And she doesn't claim that her ideas come from any of these authors. According to her, the source for her esoteric wisdom is coming from Beyond the Realm of Flesh and Blood...
1: She wants to make sure that she has no sort of um, earthly antecedents. There are no predecessors of her ideas. Her ideas specifically are coming from
2: the void. (laughs) Yeah. And she claims that she gets her teachings of the law of attraction from a group of 100 non-corporeal entities known to her collectively as Abraham Hicks. She gets these vibrations from Abraham, and then she translates those vibrations into spoken language, which her husband, Jerry... Edits in their best-selling books. Well, edited. Edited. Uh, past tense.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't give away
2: spoilers, Sean. <laughs> Everybody knows he's dead.
1: I don't know. Does anybody know he's dead? Did anybody know he existed?
2: <laughs> it's like when somebody told me before watching uh, Cameron's Titanic that it sinks in the end. I mean, come on.
0: Spoiler alert. <laughs>
2: Good morning. morning.
3: We are extremely pleased that you are here. It is good to come together for the purpose of co-creating. Do you agree? It is co-creation at its best, yes? yes? You know you bring much more than those beautiful physical bodies you have dragged here. Sitting in your clumps on chairs. <laughs> For without exception, you also bring with you that broader non physical part of you. In the same way that Esther relaxes eventually and allows her vibration to raise to the equivalency of that which is our frequency then there is a seamless interfacing of non-physical and physical and that seamless interfacing is happening all day every day in nearly every aspect of your world
2: that's esther hicks getting into her channeling and Oh, yeah, she's definitely vibing hard right, right here. There. She's really putting on uh, the full act for us. This is when she's just getting into the trance. And she's got this vaguely transatlantic accent going on as she's, as she's presenting as Abraham. And by the way, uh, not only does she do these seminars, but uh, she can teach you private lessons so that you can learn how to channel non corporeal beings yourself. But not, but Abraham. not Abraham. That's her shtick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't, we don't want anybody. We don't want anybody channeling and checking Esther's notes. <laughs>
2: Get your own.
1: <laughs> you you got to channel them like, like you're catching Pokemon. I'm I'm really impressed how how well Abraham has uh, taken on mannerisms of a human that is speaking in front of a group of people, including little ticks like constantly licking her lips and things like that.
2: <laughs> Abraham is incredibly impressive. Now keep in mind Abraham's not possessing her; she's channeling, she's translating the vibrations. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, th- that
1: none of that really makes any sense at all when you think about it for more than a second or two, because if she was in fact channeling in the way that she's describing and not being possessed, then what is up with all the third person language and, and the, and the switching accent to switch back and forth. Yeah. I, I just, it, not, it doesn't really make any sense. Now I, I, I guess, you know, people who know who've ever been around a language interpreter, You get used to the interpreter speaking, you know, at least possibly speaking about him or herself in the third person, because the interpreter is literally uh, like translating the language of the person speaking. And sometimes those comments are going to be about the interpreter themselves. Yeah. You know, so they will you will catch the interpreter say something in, in the third person. Or at least, you know, the third person, if you're accepting that all of that's coming directly from the interpreter, but you're supposed to be switching over and maintaining this idea that it's all coming from the
2: person who's speaking, who's being interpreted. So you're saying Esther should take a few ASL classes so she can kind of get the gist of this. I, I I'm, I'm saying that, you
1: know, I, I'm coming around to the Esther camp, I guess, <laughs> you know, like I, it's starting to sound more reasonable. All right. I might sign up for Abraham now and, uh, and get the $60 a month subscription <laughs> to get all, of these, uh, all these presentations. <laughs> You've been listening to a sample of a Wet Wired premium episode. To listen to this entire episode and to hear our entire back catalog, you can subscribe on Patreon for just $5 a month. We also have a limited number of $3 a month True Believer memberships, but when those run out, they are gone. Thank you for helping us keep Wet Wired editorially independent and ad-free.